Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. I want to thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, everybody by now has heard of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. And I believe next week they're meeting in Davos, Switzerland for their annual get-together, their shindig out there in the, in the, um, in the mountains where it's beautiful and expensive and something like five, no, 600 CEOs from America are going to be there. And I think these are some of the top corporations in America. And, you know, my question is why? You know, uh, corporations are all about, you know, creating value for their shareholders, right? They have to take people, capital, and technology and combine it all together into something that people are willing to buy voluntarily. And I can't imagine what would be worth um, going to Davos, Switzerland and listening to Klaus Schwab and his right-hand man, Yuval Harari, talking about crazy shit. (laughs) I mean, we're going to play some of it. And it's just bizarre and it doesn't quite... Like, what does it have to do with people and people living their lives? And um, I don't know. It's just something about this whole central planning or the ideas or the future, you know, this hyperbolic need to discuss the future. There's just something really creepy about it and and sinister. And it's just... I. I don't know. I don't know that these guys have any real power, but their ideas are shaping the world. You know, I think ESG has kind of come out of this World Economic Forum. And these groups, you know, look, these groups have been around forever, and I can't think of all the names. The Trilateral Corporation or uh, Trilateral Group or something is one of them. There's, there used to be all these secret groups, and and people would get together and, you know, the rules were you just couldn't talk about where you were or who else was there or what was said. But other than that, it wasn't really secret. It was just secret from everybody else that wasn't there. And, you know, you got the, uh, the uh, Council on Foreign Relations. So you have these groups where these elites gather and they talk to each other about the future of, you know, medicine, the future of bio technology, bioengineering, um, the future of transportation, the future of all kinds of things. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't really place a whole lot of emphasis on this. I mean, I don't think something like world government could really ever get going, but I tell you, after having lived through COVID and seeing the way the entire world was lined up around uh, lockdowns, 
masking and forced vaccination. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm almost willing to believe anything now. Uh, but I, I just want to, I mean, many of you maybe haven't even listened to Klaus Schwab, okay, and don't know what he's about. So I want to play Klaus Schwab first and just let you know how creepy this guy is, okay? He's a, he's a German guy, or Austrian, I think. His father was a Nazi, okay, a real Nazi, like in Nazi Germany, and um, this guy, I think, just has a lot of that uh, thinking that um, kind of, oh, the people are stupid and we, the, the brilliant ones, need to make sure that, that the world is in good hands. And they just had this arrogance about them, you know, this lack of humility. And it just comes out. And I mean, every time they open their mouth, it just comes out. And so I want to play a little bit of Klaus Schwab, and then we're going to play some stuff from his right-hand man, this Yuval Harari, who's also very creepy uh, and has weird ideas and uh, loves to talk about them. I mean, that's amazing. You know, some of the stuff they talk about, it's just out in the open, you know. Um, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll expose some of it here, but they don't even try to hide it. They're just openly talking about crazy ideas. So let me start with Klaus Schwab and then we'll move on to Yuval Harari. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. So one of the things I've noticed about Klaus Schwab is he's, he's just so dramatic. I mean, he's made this video and he's, it's not really a warning. He's like, it's like, it's almost like a threat, you know, the way it, the way it uh, sounds, you know, with his eerie music and he's telling you, you need to pay close attention to this because um, uh, a cyber attack that, uh, you know, attacks our infrastructure would make COVID-19 look like, you know, a walk in the park. And, you know, I don't know why it's so necessary to be so scary and creepy. I mean, people know that cybersecurity and cyber attacks are out there. It's almost like, you know, these guys, you know, they're warning us about it, but it almost feels like, uh, kind of like the COVID-19 stuff. You know, they had all that event 201 and all that stuff. You know, they were, they were practicing out in the open for, for what, what was eventually going to happen. Go back and look online for event 201 and look at when that, when that happened, that, that, that happened in September of 2020. And it was this whole simulation about a pandemic. And what was it? Not even two months later, um, some say even earlier, you've got news of, uh, of a new pandemic spreading. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know that these guys are really predicting, you know, the future because they're actually putting it into motion or, if they just enjoy being creepy 
and trying to scare people because they know that that's what motivates people to um, allow, you know, allow them to um, take on more of their liberty and, uh, and, and provide more tyrannical structure to individuals. When, when people are scared, they, that's when they give up their liberty for security. And, um, I mean, that's what happened on 9-11. You know, we got, we collectively as a country, we got scared and we let the NSA and, uh, spy on us. And we let the government create a new agency called the Department of Homeland Security and enact all kinds of laws and hire all kinds of people to frisk us at the airport and, uh, you know, rummage through our bags as we go through security and, uh, tap our phones. And, uh, even today, I mean, you know, you could, if you got on the phone and we're talking to somebody and started talking about terrorism, it, the FBI would show up at your door within a week. I mean, that's just the way it is now. So, you know, is it, is it, is it really a warning or is it more like, Hey, this is coming, you know, anyway, let's switch gears and move on to Yuval, Yuval Harari. Uh, this is like Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, total creep, this guy. And, and their accents just creep me out too. I don't know. Is that, is that racist, you know, to, to be creeped out by somebody's accent? I think it's the combination of their accent and what they're actually saying. In the previous segments, we discussed three main methods by which Homo sapiens might upgrade itself into some other kind of being. Biological engineering, cyber engineering, and the engineering of non-organic life. Presently, only a tiny fraction of the potential of these methods has actually been realized. Yet already today, in 2013, we are in the middle of an immense social, political, and ethical revolution. So it's such a clinical discussion. He's talking about Homo sapiens. He's given us the the you know the actual Greek classification of our species, and he's talking about upgrading the species, you know, either through biological engineering, uh, through cyborg uh, engineering, or non or non organic. Um, uh, beings engineering, which is robots. Cyborg is like a combination of robot and biological. And then biological engineering is kind of like what COVID, you know, that's, that's reprogramming people's DNA and, and uh, doing things like that. So, you know, they're just so clinical by the, with the way they talk. And, you know, this, this whole line of thinking presumes that, homo sapiens need upgrading, you know? I mean, I, I, I'm just going to say it. I know a lot of people don't like uh, the Nazi references and stuff, but this is how, this is how things started in Nazi Germany. The, there, was, there was this whole theory about a superior race, and, you know, it was this Aryan race, you know, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, you know, Germans, and, and you know, these gypsies and these Jews, they were, they were damaging the gene pool. And, you know, this is, again, it's a lack of humility, right? It's, it's, it's like, wow, you know, there are some people 
that really are just repulsive or whatever, or their cultures are so repulsive that they need upgrading. You know, they need biological engineering, uh, or we need to turn them into cyborgs, or we need to just um, have robots, you know, uh, I guess policing the streets to force them to live the way we want them to live. I, I don't know what this guy is talking about. But the whole thing just sounds creepy. And, and and again, it just starts with the with the premise, which is a false premise, okay? That's my point here. This is a false premise that Homo sapiens need upgrading. Okay, that's just ridiculous. Uh, human beings are a unique um, species on our planet. Uh, we're at the top of the food chain. We're the only species that really know how to think and reason. Um, there's there's just some there's so many unique things about Homo sapiens, you know, human beings. And you know, the last thing uh, that I want governments around the world thinking about and doing is trying to figure out how to upgrade us into something else. I mean, this is just disturbing. And I don't understand why there's not more stories in the media talking about how offensive this is, the, the way this guy Klaus Schwab and his underling Yuval Harari talk about people. They talk about people as if they're not even people. It, it's almost like a lack of recognition, recognition that they're people, <laughs> you know? But because they're in, in these positions of power, they they talk down this way. You know, they don't realize how offensive, you know, at least to me, this language is. More and more spheres of activity are being shaken out of their complacent ways. Lawyers and judges need to rethink issues of privacy and identity. Governments need to rethink matters of healthcare and equality. Sports associations and educational institutions need to redefine what fair play means and what achievement means. And pension funds and labor organizations need to readjust to a world in which 60 might well be the new 30. So he talks about this in terms of, uh, you know, spheres of, of activity are being shaken out of these complacent, uh, uh, complacent states. And, you know, he's talking about how privacy needs to be re rethought and identity and equity. And, and we're already starting to see that. We're already starting to see that, oh, you can be any gender you want, you know, and equity is, you know, is about, uh, I don't even know what equity is about. Um, it's, it's about something that nobody can define really. Um, and they're talking about lawyers and judges need to, you know, rethink privacy laws and things like that. And, you know, look, th this is, they're, they're arguing this or they're stating these, these, these things from a position of power. They want to use force to do what they want to do, right? So in order to violate you, you have to have a different kind of privacy. Uh, in order to uh, upgrade you, 
uh, to a cyborg or something, you can't be a man or a woman. You have to be an it or you have to be gender fluid. You know, I, I really think this is really sinister at its core. And, you know, I might be making more of this than, than there is. But what is the point of talking about this kind of stuff? I don't understand the goal, you know. Um, when you talk about upgrading human beings, you're talking about something that uh, I don't think most people want to subject themselves to. They must all deal with the ethical and social problems which are raised by bioengineering, by cyborgs, and by inorganic life. This reminds me of the discussion in Jurassic Park when um, Dr. Malcolm was telling the old guy who, who invested in Jurassic Park, it was his, his invention or whatever, he said, you know, I'll tell you what's wrong with this. You got a bunch of guys um, that, that uh, found, found out they could take frog DNA and mix it with some blood and create dinosaurs. And before you, even, before you even knew what you were doing, you had dinosaurs, you know. In other words, you, you never stop to think, should we do this? And this is a problem with a lot of science, a lot, especially science and, and medical field, is you know, when you start getting into this DNA realm and uh, cyborg, which is a combination of organic life and machine, uh, you're, gonna, you're, crossing, you're starting to cross into very... Uh, very uncharted ethical boundaries. And, you know, in, in free societies, uh, we, we may not want this to happen, right? But this guy's talking about changing legal norms and, um, you know, achievement. What is achievement? Well, you know, today I can tell you that what achievement is, is uh, at least from a from the standpoint of getting grant money and publishing, uh, you know, peer-reviewed articles is all about, do you agree with the narrative? You know, we, we heard Jeffrey Sachs talking about this the other night, about how the government and the media are really just in the business of furthering narratives. They're not really interested in the truth. They're really not interested in facts. They're only interested in the narrative and how it, uh, helps them achieve their agenda. And so, you know, when, he, when he's talking about institutions need to uh, reevaluate what is achievement, uh, I think he's talking about more of the same. I think he's talking about, you know, developing narratives and having these institutions um, give grant money uh, and, you know, fund people that will follow those narratives. And that's, that's what achievement looks like. Achievement looks like alignment with uh, government, uh, the World Economic Forum, um, uh, institutions that are corrupted or captured by governments around the world. I think this is just really, really bad stuff. Okay? And again, you may be listening and going, yeah, I don't know, Seth, man. That doesn't sound that bad to me. It sounds pretty harmless. And, and you might be right. I mean, I'll, I have to admit that this is way in the realm of speculation. But 
we've seen this movie before is, is my point. We, we saw it in pre-World War II Germany. Um, ideas mean something, okay? Ideas are what ultimately shape our reality. And when we let, when we let ideas fester that are anti-human or uh, spend too much time in the realm of reality or, or let's say, uh, work against reality, in other words, you know, that, that's what you see a lot with this energy policy. You see, you see ideas that are not in alignment with reality, with, with nature, and with the, with the resources that we have available to us. And anytime you see something like that, um, there's just, there's a disaster coming eventually. And, um, I mean, like I said, we've seen this movie before. So I think these guys are, um, they have way too much money, way too much time, and they spend way too much time inside their own heads about what they can achieve and what the future looks like. You know, look, the, the, the difference between this guy or these two guys and you and me, they're spending all their time inside their head in the future. And you and I have to get up every day and we have to live in this world. Okay. And, and, and so we're dealing with reality and these guys are dealing, uh, they're almost, they almost have to be dealing with anti-reality in order to further these narratives and have these types of thoughts and uh, put money behind it and put it into action. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't pass the smell test for me. Take the issue of privacy, for example. Mapping the first human genome took 15 years and $3 billion. Today, you can map your DNA within a few days at the cost of a few hundred dollars. There are many companies on the internet that offer this service. This opens the way, the easy uh, mapping of DNA, it opens the way to a revolution in medical care. It opens the way to personalized medicine that matches treatment to your own DNA. See, what Harari is talking about here is he's, he's saying, look, in order to have this technology, in order to pursue this, we have to violate your privacy because your DNA is yours. And for us to have access to your DNA, um, you know, we privacy laws are going to have to change. You're not going to have privacy. Now, what he's, what he's doing is he's, is he's saying, look, but it'll be great because we'll be able to personalize treatments to your specific body, your specific body chemistry, um, your tendencies to have cancer or, you know, some sort of, you know, heart disease or some other predetermined uh, hereditary um, defect in your body, we'll be able to treat that before you even experience, before you even know you have it. I mean, that's what, that's essentially what he's talking about. But you're going to have to give up your privacy if we're going to do this. 
So this is this is very analogous to me uh, to the the war on terror and what happened after 9/11. You know, you had everybody scared, right? Everybody saw you know saw these planes running into buildings and and you you have a sense that you know America is an open society and we can't have planes running into buildings. I mean, that's just that's that can't work in America. It can't work in any open society. And so we've, we've got to do something, right? We've got to do something about this. Now, forget about the fact that we, and hopefully this is not controversial to, to you out there, but uh, forget about the fact that we instigated a lot of this, right? We, we poked the finger, our finger, the collective finger in the eyes, just like, just like we're doing with Russia, uh, but we were doing this in the Middle East. We were building bases in Saudi Arabia, where Mecca is located. This really upset a lot of Muslims, and specifically uh, Osama bin Laden, who was you know had a lot of money, came from this wealthy uh, Arab family, and he decided to do something about it. <laughs> and so he talked to guys and ra- somehow radicalized these guys, trained them, you know, brought them to the desert, showed them how to shoot um, AR-15s or um, AK-40, AK, uh, AKs. And basically, you know, basically created a small but effective movement against the United States. And, and of course, we know this today, we call it, terrorism right where where you take you know like a plane or you do something to the infrastructure somehow and it scares a bunch of people and kills some and terrorizes a whole bunch of others and then what do we do we 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 go God, we we can't have that we gotta we gotta empower the government so somehow we this is something we always do we always we always imagine somehow that the government is the solution to what we just experienced and so the, the government doesn't have all these powers, so it comes to the people and says, hey, we need you to give up a bunch of your liberty. You know, we're going to need to spy on you, and we're going to need to pat you down at airports and, and uh, detain you if we suspect you of something, and we're going to have to stretch the Fourth Amendment a little bit, and you're not going to have the freedom of speech that you have always had. And so... The, the difference with terrorism is it's it's an emotional thing, right? This this is more of a um, this is more of a progress kind of uh, persuasion. Like, hey, this is just progress. And be, if if we ever want to just progress as human beings in a society, you're just going to have to give up your privacy. Otherwise, we're just not going to progress. You know, there's no way for human beings to progress. And I, I just don't buy that. I think that's the government's the government's position is always that way. We, you have to give your liberty up in order to get X, Y, Z. But ultimately what happens is we end up giving up liberty and then that comes back to bite us in the ass. And we've seen this time and time again. And uh, I, don't, I don't think this is any different. Uh, I think these organizations, I think the reason there's like 600... CEOs going to Davos next week is because they want to rub shoulders 
with other people that are politically connected and figure out how to get some, how to get money or how to advantage themselves in the marketplace or how can they get connected to the, the World Economic Forum message and how can they bring that to their corporations and, uh, I don't know, advantage themselves somehow in the marketplace. I don't know what their goal is. It's just, I know this, it's not free market and it's government centric and nothing good comes from um, ideas that are hatched within governments. Nothing ever good comes from that. Um, These people have, like I said, they have way too much money. They have way too much free time and they spend far, far too much time uh, thinking about the future and living inside their own heads. I just think that's a dangerous place to be. Not, not for them, but for us. All right. Well, I think that's about it for the show today. Uh, I don't, as you can tell, I don't like Klaus Schwab. I don't like his right hand man. Yuval, you, I think that's how you say it. Yuval Harari. Um, Maybe we'll have some interesting clips from uh, Davos next week. I'm certainly going to be looking for them. But I, I just think this is a, a witch's brew disaster, you know, kind of thing going on. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be the perpetrators of this cyber security attack that Klaus Schwab is talking about. Um, and, and, and he's right in that that would... Uh, I mean, I think people can live with maybe maybe a week or two at the at most without uh, electricity, and then and then just gonna start killing each other. I mean, living without electricity uh, today, after having lived with electricity, is very very difficult, and most people aren't equipped to do it. So, I think um, I think he's right that that would change fundamentally change society. I mean, we might all be on our hands and knees going, "Please turn the power back on. We'll give up any liberty you want. We'll, you know, we'll shred the the uh, the the ten amendments, the uh, ten, uh, amendments one through ten, um, and just shred them. We'll just give them up. You can have all of them. And uh, please let us have our electricity back. You know, it might be something like that. I don't know, but. Um, but look, I'm starting to ramble. So let me go ahead and shut things down. But look, if you like the show, please share the show, maybe go out and write a review. And again, you know, just like I always say, most importantly, come back and listen. I'm going to try to put together good content, try to give you something to think about, maybe test your limits a little bit on what, what, uh, what may be possible with with some of this stuff, but it's all in the spirit of you know maximizing liberty, maximizing liberty and property is what built the civilized world. It wasn't high taxes in the fifties like Democrats want to tell you. It wasn't governments um, ushering in OSHA and the FDA. And, um, you know, the ADA and all these different, the AMA, all these different three letter agencies that they've, um, that they've created that they say 
makes our life better. But look, our, our lives were good before that. And to the extent that they regulated anything in the right direction, those trends were already in place. And if you don't believe me, go look. Uh, it's, 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 easily, it's easy to find that information. So, all right, look, come back tomorrow, listen. And if you do, I'll be here to do it all over again.